going to die tonight. I read a passage from that book. I released some evil. everyone, it's that time. Time to head down the stairs behind the movie screen and join the crew. We are film critics, directors, actors, and cinephiles, all gathering to talk about what we love the most, the movies. So join us as we celebrate 10 years on this Mr. Toad's wild ride. Grab your favorite drink, pull up a chair, and stay a while in the place where the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies in... The spoiler room. <laughs> um, but that looked like you know, Disneyland made in, in hell, too. So, <laughs> and with that, hello, everyone, and welcome to the spoiler room. Thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and yes, cracking your favorite drink. Tonight, I've got Dr. McGillicuddy's apple pie. I've never tried this before, so this will be mm. a first for me. So, uh, looking forward to it. And yes, it is another Perfect 10 special. Perfect Ted special. We are looking at films this year uh, for our special series that are celebrating their 10th anniversary, just like we are here in the spoiler room. Been doing this 10 years. Oh, my Lord. Uh, and tonight, in <laughs> uh, all these movies uh, that we look at once a month, were voted on by listeners like yourself. And tonight, we are looking at the divisive, very interesting horror remake that is Evil Dead 2013. It helped spark our Evil Deaduary series this month, and it is our Perfect Ten film tonight. And with me, I have uh, both uh, old and uh, recent, <laughs> not in age, uh, but in uh, crew members here. Uh, first off, he's back with us after a long hiatus. So glad to have stuffed burrito entertainment back in the house. None other than Gabe. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. That's my thing. That's your thing? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. But, uh, good to be here, man. I, 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 I feel so embarrassed. I've been saying for years, oh, I need to get back on the school room. I need to be back. It, it took a few years. But I'm here. And, and thank you for having me. You bet. Everybody's got their own thing, man. And uh, just happy to have you back in the room, even, uh, you know, just for the occasional episode. And then uh, there's a gentleman who keeps coming back for more. I think we're marking <laughs> year three now since you've be been a regular uh, this month. Yeah, I think it's this month. Yeah. Uh, it is none other than my right hand man and friend Ian Simmons is with us as well. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing well. Looking forward to revisiting this movie, which I don't hate nearly as much as I did the first time I saw it 10 years ago. Oh, well, <laughs> this will be an interesting conversation for okay. sure. So, uh, well, in that case, Ian, uh, why don't you give us the synopsis of uh, the Evil Dead remake 2013? Yeah, you, you, you do your thing while I promote the crap out of this thing. 
<laughs> um, let's see. I uh, okay. Evil Dead 2013. Uh, Fede Alvarez uh, remade Sam Raimi's Evil Dead uh, without the style or the humor. And yeah. So if you've seen Evil Dead, that if you've seen uh, Evil Dead 2013, oh, there there's an addiction metaphor. Yeah. Wait, really? Should I, should I synopsize what the Evil Dead is about? Yeah, why don't you? Yeah, why don't you? Okay. Yeah. There's a cabin in the woods, um, and a group of friends go there. In the in Alvarez's version, they're going there to help young Mia uh, kick a drug addiction. I don't know if they say what the drug is. She dumps this white powder down a I, well, I so think it it's might heroin. be heroin. Yeah, I think it's heroin because um, it's too, yeah, it's it, very it's, train spotting ish. Yeah, yeah, it's 2013, so it'd be heroin. If it was the 80s, it'd be cocaine. Same white yeah. powder prop, just it different, you know. But I don't think they would be having an intervention. They'd just be going there, like sharing that at the cabin, <laughs> like getting all crazy, like a Friday the Thirteenth. They'd all be they all be using the cocaine. What are you talking about? <laughs> intervention. <laughs> um. But uh, no, so they stumble across this uh, weird basement with all sorts of dead animals in it. Uh, looked like rituals have been performed down there, and they find a book that has been wrapped in barbed wire and like thick plastic garbage bags. One of the guys, who's a school teacher, opens the book, starts reading the book, <laughs> summons the evil dead, who begins possessing them one by one, swallowing Ooh. souls and. It's uh, murder and mayhem and all sorts of great ghoulish special effects. Mm. And uh, we've got our final guy, who's uh, the brother of the young junkie, almost makes it to the end. This is the spoiler room. And then we've it got is. Mia, um, played by uh, lovely Jane Levy, uh, fighting herself. You might even say fighting a manifestation of her inner demons. What? Uh, kicking, kicking the addiction. And there's... Uh, there's a, a reference to one of my favorite uh, directors of all time because at the end there is a climax that takes place in Blood Rain, um, oh. and then it's over. Oh. And and one of the most uh, embarrassing, and I'd say insulting post-credit sequences I've ever seen, and it was still no fun revisiting it 13 years later. I forgot how much of a sinking feeling I had till I saw it. Uh, they do connect this back to the wider. Evil Dead slash Army of Darkness universe with uh, Bruce Campbell standing in the darkness. Uh, a slight light comes up on him, and he says his tagline, and then it cuts to black. Yeah. I remember when this came out, and they talked about the alternative end credit sequence they would have had, which would at least been a little bit better than what we got here. Did you remember that one? No. They actually had him drive up in the car and pick her up because she's walking on the side of the road, still all bloodied in that and with one arm. <clears throat> and he actually picks her up, if I remember correctly, in in the alternate end, uh, sequence. And, but wow. uh, if I remember correctly, I, I don't re not fully remember, but I swear there was because it, it was a deleted scene or it was on the Internet that they, it played like later, a lot later after the film came out. They're like, oh, well, we had this. And everybody's like. Why didn't you do that at least? But well, first of all, because it wouldn't have made sense because the car, the Sam Raimi car, <laughs> is in one of the establishing shots of the cabin. She's sitting it on is. it when we first meet her. Um, but no, I remember writing my review of it at the time, and I opened with how the movie should have 
ended, which is her, again, like long, dark road in the rain, uh, walking to town, having survived this ordeal, and she walks into an S-Mart, and she <laughs> encounters a guy working in housewares, and she collapses, and we find out, you know, it's like behind the shoulder kind of thing, and then we yeah. pan up and we see that it's Ash. Um, that would have been something. It wouldn't have saved anything else about the film, but this is, you know, we've been talking a lot about the DC movies and, you know, uh, the new regime taking over and what's going to happen with all these sort of dead-end pictures now like Shazam and, and mm -hmm. you know, The Flash. Uh, this kind of has that feeling because now we've got a new Evil Dead movie coming out this year. It's unclear if it's connected to the original Raimi-verse or even this movie. It just seems like they keep trying to do stuff with this franchise and i don't know if it's gonna be a thing again i'm not sure gabe uh what were your initial feelings with with 2013 uh evil dead when you saw it so i have to mention uh allow me to blow a little bit can't believe it's been 10 years she's first of all shout out to our buddy scott Ninzel. uh we love Scott Menzel. Uh, because of him, I was able to tag along uh, at uh, 2013's South by Southwest, which is why I'm wearing my nice. shirt. And I was able to attend the world premiere of Evil Dead. The hype was real. Like, that room was just... You had to be there. Uh, so, I thought maybe... I, I ended up loving the movie because of the experience. Like, everybody was just cheering and, and every little scare and thrill. You felt it. You felt that, mm -hmm. like that, that opening scene when, when that girl is about to be burned. I'll wreck your soul. <laughs> when it hands up to that demon face, shit. I was like, oh, shit, I feel this. You can just, it, it felt like. I don't know, in that, in that theater, the Claremont Theater, it was just, it was real, the hype was real. Mm -hmm. So I was a little worried that maybe I was so caught up in the moment, and yes, I, you know, there was a Q&A, you had the whole cast and crew, including uh, Mr. Groovy himself, uh, <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Um, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I, I just enjoyed the experience, and I was just, even throughout the festival, I just kept thinking about it. Meanwhile, uh, Scott, and we had another guy with us, uh, his name is Anthony. Mm -hmm. He used to be a, a YouTube reviewer. Right, yeah. Uh, they didn't like it. I remember when we, when we did our initial review after the movie, I'm praising it. I'm like, oh my God, this, this is so intense. <laughs> And they didn't like it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so it wasn't until I uh, saw it when it got released. What was it, April, I think it was? Yeah. Almost yeah. a month after. Yeah. That I, I actually confirmed that I actually loved the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> I love it so damn much. I, awesome. uh, I, and to prepare, I did rewatch it. And oh. yeah, I just... I just, I love, is yeah, I love book? Book. Yep. Yours is, oh, nice. Yours is shinier than mine. Oh, look but at hey, that. You, you have it physically. That's, that's I, what's I uh, precious about well, it. But, um, so to me, 
yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It's it's humorless. Uh, there's there's no humor. Uh, it's you know the, the whole drug metaphor. To me, I actually like that about the movie. Mm-hmm. Even though I love the original Evil Dead and uh, and all the sequels, Only a Darkness is great. I like that it's a more serious version. It, to me, it feels like a genuine nightmare. Mm-hmm. Something that you just want to get away from. Even No, I felt the same way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In a different way, I'm sure. But, but like, uh, I, I don't, I'm not trying to sound all tough or nothing. I don't usually get scared with films. I, maybe I'll get chills here and there. Sometimes I hesitate to rewatch this. Not because I don't like it. I do like it. But again, that, that freaking demon bitch at the beginning. I'll rip your soul. That, that shit just <laughs> does something to me. But I like that, the, um, that it just feels like a nightmare. And it's terrifying. And to me, it's just like as good of a horror film you can get these days because a lot of horror films are kind of tacky now very predictable and i don't know i just i love the designs the makeup i i have to call bullshit on the academy why can't a good horror movie like this be nominated for makeup at least they transform these characters um but uh yeah, like I said, I like the serious the seriousness of it. Um, I will say that the characters are not very deep. <laughs> they lack any depth whatsoever. Um, and the problem, I guess, that Scott had, and I understood it, was that you have movies like Cabin in the Woods already coming out. Horror movies where characters were making smart decisions and this one just has, it goes back to the, the dumb decision, you know, the type of decisions that if you didn't make those decisions, you wouldn't have a movie. And right. like, <laughs> that, the school teacher, why the fuck did you? If you go into a basement and there's a bunch of <laughs> sacrificed animals and a book that is hiding dog wire and it says leave this book alone you leave that book alone yeah, yeah like every page there's written like scrawled in blood like don't yeah. read this don't think <laughs> it don't say it and then you turn the page don't read this you turn the page stop go back <laughs> it's almost like crying. a scary movie parody yeah yeah they start crying like i think i did something bad you think <laughs> so uh but yeah I, I i do love it and uh like i said i i, I agree that it it's not perfect and it um it does lack depth in the characters and yeah you know, a few things didn't age well but uh i, I just love it i I'm, i i get a thrill from watching it every time and that's awesome and, and as as our good friend uh don shanahan would say you like what you like there that's awesome you can find that in this film um re-watching this again there are parts that I can see that work that are that are solid as far as the actual horror elements. Taking the story out, just looking at the horror elements, like you said, the the makeup with the demons, the the you know the, the portrayal of that. Some of those things are legit creepy. I think the problem is is the first Evil Dead wasn't exactly humorous. I mean, the humor came in later but it was meant to be a serious film too everybody remembers ha ha ash oh funny that doesn't come until 
Army of Darkness before. No, no, that comes well, to Evil Dead 2. Okay, Evil Dead 2 is when you get a lot of it. But that first Evil Dead was more of a serious film. Oh, and, wow. even, and even though those characters also make some dumb mistakes, it is the, the issue that I have with even still today, and it's just, I know, a generational thing. I'm an old fuck. Who, who cares what you say? Horror is a young man's game. But <laughs> um, for me, it's the difference in storytelling because in Evil Dead, even though they kind of made a stupid decision it wasn't as blatantly stupid as this one in the other one they find a tape and he finds a book and he plays the tape not exactly knowing what's on it and yes you find a book that's written in human blood but he's not exactly you know what sparks it is the recording more so than him reading from the book it's him playing this tape that he found that he has no clue in this one they literally the opening of the movie gives a purpose we have a we actually have an identity to the evil dead. We have a, the, the guy makes the stupidest decision, like you said, reading from the book and then going, oh, I did something. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock, you did something. You know, but the reason it's there is to give an explanation. And it's the one hang up I have that I think that keeps me from really enjoying the film is the fact that one of one of the few is they felt the need to explain things rather than leave at least a little bit of mystery. One of the things for Evil Dead for me that it was was, okay, you knew it was related to the book, you knew it was related to the recording, but still the evil beastie thing that was moving through the woods, you never actually had an actual like identity to it. You just knew it possessed the other people we literally have a scene in here in the beginning where i understand they're doing an homage but i wish they hadn't the tree rape scene which was you know done in modern times is just not going to be as effective as (laughs) the original but before she does that she sees herself she's like oh there's a you know the evil dead suddenly has a face even if it's her own face it still has a face to where it was more budgetary things, but you didn't have an identity necessarily a full identity to the evil forces going on in the first one. And the fact that you put an identity takes a little bit of the creep factor away from me because now, okay, now we're going into this. We're identifying things in the book. These people are starting to represent it. I'm like, no, give me the weird, I don't know what it is moving through the woods, splitting logs and trees and shit, but that's freaky. Busts through the window. It's like, what is that? You don't know. You just know that it affects the people in some way, and it's some kind of evil force. And that unknown, I think, is creepier. Even the tree scene, it's not a regular straight, like the original tree rape scene. We have this weird organism thing that that circles her leg and goes, and it's just like, and, and I think that's the tough part I had for me was, they felt the need to really hold your hand in this film. Oh, and, yeah. and that kind of turns me off a lot of times when they hold your hand because that's j- for myself, that's not the type of horror film I, I enjoy. I want some, you know, I don't need a full explanation. And, I mean, it's, it's so bad that the pages of, the, like the original pages of the book. Now, I, I'll, I'll confess, I've seen the original Evil Dead the least out of all the movies. Um, 
partially because it it freaked me out. Uh, <laughs> there's that that bit the scene where the one girl I think gets the the pencil through the ankle. Ooh, yeah. Yikes, right? Uh, it's just a nasty bit of business. But the the illustrations in the book by Tom Sullivan they show you know demons and you know all sorts of weird hellish imagery. But in this movie, it's mostly just scenes of what we're about to see. There's a picture of a lady on fire. There's a picture of a lady crawling out of uh, a lake or the the ground or something. Like, mm -hmm. it's all telegraphed. So when I'm seeing the pictures of the book and they get these nice big close-ups of it, like, oh, this is this is what I'm about to see in a, in a couple of minutes. There's no... Like, they just take everything literally and they... I mentioned they don't have the humor, but they do take everything else. They've got Linda's necklace, that that you know that round necklace with the glass center. Yeah, you've got the tree rape scene. You've got the main character losing an arm. You've got the whole uh, thing of um, what was it? Does that sound fine? They're taking yeah. <laughs> elements from all the other movies and just throwing them in here, just as member berries. I would have been more impressed if they'd taken the Evil Dead, the concept of it. And come up with a completely new way to tell this story in the woods. If you're not going to do Ash or an approximation of it, then tell something really new and creepy. Because otherwise, I'm just sitting there watching these touchstones thinking, this was done better 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, and again, I I get it. And, and, uh, Gabe, we're not shit, shitting on the film at all. You know, Again, I found elements that the makeup effects... When you get to the creepy parts itself, like the girl cutting her face and oh. that, you know, yeah, and 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 the the whole tongue scene, still, I'm like, oh, when when she takes the knife with the tongue, you know, there's certain aspects and scenes that I love, but overall story, it just didn't work for me. It's a hell of a special effects showcase, and it I is. did like. I like those those bits that I don't recall being in the original film, like right. the tongue with the uh, mm -hmm. with the nice. exacto blade or whatever. Um, I want to ask a question because, in preparation for this, I watched the theatrical cut because I figured, well, mm -hmm. that's the version we would have seen in the theaters in 2013. But there is an unrated cut that's five minutes longer. Is that just extra gore, or have you, I assume you guys have seen it? Is it more it's, different story stuff or like what what's missing there? Uh, Actually, I've not seen it. Um, I looked. Up, I, I was curious to know if this was on 4K and it is, and it says that it has a you know that extended cut. I'm like, damn, that's right. There is an extended cut. It, so I still have to see that. So I, I don't I, know. Yet, I watched. I think I watched the extended cut. Oh, and it was mostly more gore in mm. it the more that's hard to imagine because man there's more brutal <laughs> it, it was you know it's one of those where it added more brutal stuff to it more so than anything um you know extra long scenes with the the, the kills and such and the characters i if i remember correctly it, i i think that's the only version I've, I've watched since the theater so i'm not sure what the difference is this one has the this one has the just the original but my uh mm -hmm. But my friend on his uh, Plex had uh, the extended version uh, on it, and it was it was gory. Again, makeup effects are great. Even the setting, I liked. I liked the setting they had, and and the fact that they were using, you know, they modeled the original cabin and everything. It was just it's the same thing that they did with Poltergeist. It was like 
it, it's a remake of the film that's trying to give homage till it's not, and it almost feels a little mean, not quite mean spirited, but as Poltergeist, this one doesn't feel quite as mean spirited, but at the same time, um, it also feels like, oh, look at how ridiculous this scene was. Well, we're just going to play this <laughs> this way when that was kind of the charm of the original was a little bit of how ridiculous. You know, you had his, was it, uh, his girlfriend's talking head. Uh, <laughs> or was that in two? Uh, that was two. Oh, that was yeah. two, but. Yeah. Which was just basically the uh, 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 remake of one kind of, in a way. Uh, but one, you know, it's just, it's one of those things to where, if you're gonna do something like this, just just go new, okay? Don't don't try to throw so much of the homages because all you're gonna do is make me remember the original and remember all the few things I really liked about the original and all the things you're misstepping in the remake <laughs> while you're trying to be the original. And that's that's sort of why I have I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about. Is it called Evil Dead Rise? Yeah, is that yeah, the new Evil one? Dead yes. Rise. Yep. Because it looks like it takes place in a high-rise or an apartment building of some kind involving a family, except there's deadites, you know, moving around. Um, at least it's a different location. Um, I don't know <laughs> how funny it's going to be because, again, it looks more like this kind of serious take on the material. Um, but, yeah, it, lo it looks like it's at least different. I don't expect to see... Uh, you know, a tree rape in the middle of a city. But, you know, you never know. <laughs> you never know. The, you know, at, at eco roof, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we, we, That'd be great. They have like a rooftop arboretum and they go up there and all of a sudden the trees start getting rape. horny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we do have a comment here from our uh, Facebook user who says, this movie sucks. It could have been so good, but it was too afraid to be its own thing. Want the real Evil Dead remake? Watch the Swedish horror film Wither. It's what this film wanted to be. Wither's really good. I I liked Wither quite a bit. Have you? What is Wither? Is it when when did it come out? Uh oh, cripes now. Uh, six years ago, maybe longer. It 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 was after the this, but uh, I forgot the exact date on it. I apologize, but I think it was like five or six years ago. I remember seeing mm. some talk about it because everybody was saying, this is what an Evil Dead re movie should be. Um, and I remember it. it. It was serious. It was gory like this one. It just, it was far more in the vein, you know, of that e Evil Dead. Um, but, you know, I get where the appeal is as well with what uh, Gabe was saying because, um you know, there's a lot of great horror elements in here, and I think if this would have been its own film, uh, you know, I think it would have been more appealing to some people had they had they done their own thing. I mean, it wouldn't have taken much to to do that. If 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 they'd done their own thing, yeah, I mean, I think then it might have been in the same position that Wither is in of people saying, "Wow, this is kind of a good." successor to Evil Dead, if they just left the Evil Dead branding off of this, then I think people would have said, oh, this is a ripoff of the Evil Dead because it's got all those <laughs> touchstones in it, right? That, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and actually, Wither came out a year before uh, this film. So oh. uh, it came out in 2012. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> and that comment about the movie, uh, that is none other than Mr. Derek Carey. Uh, so glad you could tune in, sir. I know your feelings of it. If I remember... <laughs> I hope Derek doesn't mind me telling this, and if if he does, he can yell at me later. But if I remember correctly, 
Uh, he was in the movie theater, and when it was completely done, I think he said something to the effect of, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> or something along Derek, that line. But <laughs> Derek wouldn't say something like that. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, Gabe, uh, for this film, uh, you said it wasn't just the experience that you enjoyed about it. Uh, but just the horror elements of it uh, overall. What about that? The story? Do you do you enjoy the story? I, I'm just I'm trying to deconstruct this because I'm on the middle of the fence. I'm not quite on full Ian, but not quite you know uh, full <laughs> stuffed burrito either. Uh, yeah, no. I, okay, look, you guys make great points, and I know that the, you know it's divisive. There's people who, and normally I would take a remake like this. And rip it to shreds. I'll be like, let's look the other one. I'll just watch the other one. For some reason, though, mm-hmm. I just don't feel that way about it. Like, yes, no, it, it is similar. There's just something about it that I guess it's like, uh, I always think about why do we watch violent movies? Why do we watch gore? You know, is there something wrong with us? No, there's just this primal need to see shit just get bloody <laughs> and this movie gives me that the story i mean no the story's weak <laughs> the story's weak you know like i i don't even think i even necessarily cared about uh maya is it maya or nia mia mia, yeah. mia yeah. uh i don't think i even care about her drug addiction and that's usually something i sympathize with but i don't think i even gave a shit <laughs> um <laughs> I was looking for the horror to start. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, got, uh, no disrespect to uh, the actor that plays her brother, uh, Shiloh Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, he's a nice guy, too. Uh, I should mention real quick that the day afterwards, me and Scott were able to uh, go to a roundtable Q&A interview session. So I did meet, I did meet uh, the cast, and I did, in fact, meet Mr. Bruce Campbell. He is everything you expect him to be. He is. He is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and I had to send a shout out to Jessica Lucas. That woman is just fucking gorgeous. <laughs> uh, but, um, real nice guy, Shiloh. I, I don't know. He's like the weakest actor in this movie he, to me. Uh, even more so than, okay, maybe not like the, girl, the chick that plays his girlfriend. I'm sorry, she's like nothing. There's nothing there. She's got no arc, no nothing. Uh, so yeah, like I said, weak characters, and the story didn't wasn't very engaging. It's just the horror. It's the horror <laughs> elements of sure. it. The sound design. Mm-hmm. I love the sound design of this movie. Um, uh, like when when uh, Nia, you know, they lock her up, and then she comes out with the shotgun and shoots her brother, and the doors open, and you hear just hear the the whole demonic sound of it, and you're all going to die tonight. Like yes, I just I love <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, and and also I remember asking Bruce Campbell what is it about this because he was involved with the sound, right? Uh, and I, I asked him what is it about sound that made you wanna. Uh, get involved in that department. And he says sound is very important, especially to a horror movie, to put you in that atmosphere. To me, that movie did that. The the sound design, the imagery, it just, I got caught up in it. Maybe maybe I'm a bit blind to its flaws, 
Yeah. But I just, I, I experience, I, I just love the experience. But yeah, no, I will admit the, the story's weak, the characters are weak, and it does, it does lack its own identity. So mm-hmm. I can definitely agree with that. But again, you you enjoy what you enjoy. Enjoy it. It clicks with you. There's yeah. <laughs> there's definitely some movies that Ian does not like that I thoroughly enjoy, and the other way around as well. Freddie her finger. Andy, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, you know, you, you, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you like what you like, but Gabe gets it. Uh, as as <laughs> as Tracy the Truth put it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. A bit of escapism for her. It is escapism mm. for many. And like I said, it could be a partly a generational thing. It could just be what you're looking for in a film um, or how attached you are to the original material. You know, for me, uh, like Vitriol, like you want to see Mark go off, and it's not even Batman Forever. It's it's the remake of Psycho. If you want to get Mark the movie man, like, I, I try to be positive about a lot of things, but if you want to get me on a rant... There's that that movie for me is a trigger just in so many ways. But there's people that I know who really enjoy it and mad props to them to be able to get something out of that. For me, it just didn't click. And this one, I think, again, what we mentioned before, the familiar beats were just too familiar to me. And then but then you change it up like you mentioned uh, 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 David's girlfriend, uh, Natalie, her sole purpose in life is to. Uh, be the red herring or, or be the uh, diversion of she gets her arm cut off by the you know chainsaw versus our main character. Then you're like, oh, will our main character actually lose her arm? And oh yeah, she does actually, but in a completely different way. But she still loses her arm. You know what I mean? So they try to throw some centrifuge uh, in in there, uh, but. Again, that really felt like his girlfriend's whole purpose was just so that she gets her arm cut off instead of the main character at one point, you know. Well, on top of that, um, Mia at that point had been drugged up to the gills on the sedative. And then when she, the the possession really takes full effect, um, I think the teacher guy was like, go get the go get the rest of it. We got to give it to her. And the, I think it, someone else said, but that's going to, that could put her in a coma. Right. So let's just establish that she was completely narcotized, even though she was possessed, her regular body and soul were pretty drugged up. Uh, probably an hour, maybe two later is when like after the house explodes and she's run, wrestling around in the, the blood rain with her demon self and she has to rip off her own arm in order to survive from under the truck, she's no longer possessed at that point. And I, dr- adrenaline might get you so far, <laughs> but it's not going to uh, get you through a medical coma and the trauma of having to rip off your own arm. There's no way she's standing at the end of that movie. I, you know, at least have her cut off her own arm, but, the, but having her pull her old arm off, I mean... That 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 I forgot about that. In all honesty, I completely forgot about that part of the film until it happened, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> you know, I, I always look at horror movies or even action movies, and uh, when a character goes through some strenuous, mo- I don't know, it's just unbearable pain, 
At that point, I go like, you don't just fucking kill me. I don't want to remember this. I don't want to remember tearing my own arm from a fucking truck. Just kill me. Go ahead. Well, but I mean, that's the thing is like this, this movie skirts around the edges at a bunch of different opportunities because it sets up that on some level, this is about a young girl dealing with the demons of addiction, right? right. Yeah. Play into that. You know, I kept thinking while I was watching this that I think the best version that I've seen is from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, with the character of Taryn. Mm -hmm. She's been struggling with heroin addiction uh, for her whole, for most of her teenage life. And at the end, she finally gets up the courage to go into this dream world with her friends and fight Freddy and everything, and she gives a good fight. But at the end, she shows one little moment of weakness, which gives him just the in to you know, kill her, and you can see in the moment that she's dying and that vein is running up her neck and she's screaming, just let that defeat. And it's a very sad, it's a sad moment in a really cool special effect that I think they could have used more of here. You know, have the demon toy with Mia. You know, have it manifest the addiction somehow. And that whole idea of giving in, just kill me. I don't want to, I, I want to escape this because that's what she was doing with the drugs. She was trying to escape you know, her messed up life is just a missed opportunity. The one bit of cleverness that I'm going to give this movie, and I didn't even realize until Amazon Trivia, because I rented this, <laughs> uh, popped it up in the very beginning of the movie. Um, I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. The first letter of the five main characters of this movie, uh, let me see, it is uh, David, Eric, Mia, Olivia, Natalie, spells demon. Ooh, mm. yes. <laughs> wow, that's that's catchy. I didn't I didn't catch that. But now that you mentioned yeah. it, it's like duh, of course. Uh yeah. <laughs> and yes, Derek uh, did. No, I I'm seeing your um your comment down there about yeah, Ash cutting off his hand with the little no little to no consequence. Help me out with this, because again, Evil Dead 1 is the one that I've seen the least out of this. Mm -hmm. Did he cut off his hand in that movie, or two. was that the second one? Okay, because two. 2, and that's that's the big difference, and that's also why I think they went the wrong direction with this. You can have Mia ripping off her own arm and still standing off against the force of darkness if this is an Evil Dead 2-style movie. But no, they're going for the more grounded, gritty realism, I'll call it, the darkness of the Evil Dead. So... Ash, in the second movie, is a complete cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole thing of him, you know, soldering a chainsaw to his arm and then screaming, let's go, and groovy and all that stuff, and then flying off into the time portal, that can happen in that universe. That doesn't happen in the world of Evil Dead 1 or, you know, in this film. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of the, the tone. They tried to take some of the stuff that was playful in Evil Dead 2 and work it into here and try to give it a more serious angle. And yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Stuff Burrito, uh, Mr. Derek Carey does say that you do make a lot of good points and he wish he could have distanced himself from the original. So there you go. You, you've you've actually uh, put at least a little kernel of thought in there. You know? <laughs> and of course, he also mentioned... I, I just want to be clear. I, I adore the original. I, I... I actually like the original more than part two, to be honest. I love the original film. So <laughs> it, it is kind of weird that I love this film as well. I should be on with you guys like, fuck this movie. It's the same damn thing. It just got me, man. It, it got, got me and it still does. 
it, it got you. It's one of those films, and there's nothing wrong with that at all, man. And Derek mm. says there's blood rain, gritty, grounded in reality. That's, gets that's not. Out the that window. is not what I'm talking about, Derek. <laughs> and I think you know that. What I'm talking because because the blood rain is part of the the demon manifestation, the dark powers that these characters, these real characters, are going up against. Mia didn't conjure that. By that logic. The car Mia is sitting on, there's nothing to prevent it from transforming into a giant robot and stomping the evil book into ashes. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it it didn't dawn on me. It, it bugged me the first time around. I'm like, well, how did the demon come up at the end? Because they literally, like I said, hold your hand and spell it out. I need five souls to come out, you know. And I'm like, well, there's only at this point where the blood rage starts, there's only four dead. And then watching it a second time, like, no, they get around it because he kills Mia but brings her back. Yeah, but she that dies. Yeah. Technically counts as dead. And then I'm like sitting there going, So, okay, so she's possessed, she gets buried alive, dies, and you bring her back, and the spirit's like, Oh damn, I can't go back. No. I <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I just it just caught me with that. And then his buddy shows up, the school teacher, who should have been the first one to get killed. Uh, <laughs> there, there was the other thing too. There was the conflict between. I think I, I, I just want to say I think they they kept them alive to put them through as much pain as possible. Yeah. So if you've done shit, you you you, you will totally leave the book alone. So. And he does get it pretty bad. I mean, yeah. like from the the nails and the nails. was the the, the, <laughs> the crowbar. Crowbar, crowbar through the oh. oh through the fingers and then bashed in the head repeatedly. Yeah, that that guy has some stamina. <laughs> that guy that guy's like John McClane at Die Hard too. He's like he's like, he's like the John McClane of Evil Dead. Uh, you know. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, you know what I what I found hilarious too though is the uh, the boyfriend. He is the weakest character, which is saying a lot out of these, though, because he just he just leaves the dead guy. I'm like, have you not been paying attention to what happens to everyone else around here? He just leaves his buddy dead, and lo and behold, his dead buddy shows up later uh, again, you know, undead, uh, possessed by the, the demon spirit. And, yeah, it just caught me with his character. I'm like, I, of all the characters you get in this, to have him be one of the final ones, I understand because he's the brother and the connection and the whole thing. I'm like, I wish it would have been anyone else because this guy was <laughs> one guy I was hoping would be the first to go because just the way he's written and everything. And then, yeah. you know, the way it was everybody had him too was like, oh, you left. And he's the guy that abandoned Mia who had to take care of her sick mom and left her friends and that. You know, this guy is just like, I don't... I, Come get him, demons. Make him be the one that cut, <laughs> cuts his face off. I would have rather had the the nurse, uh, Olivia. I would have rather her be one of the final people, you know? <laughs> you just so have to keep her around longer because she's Jessica Lucas, yeah. No. That's, that's exactly. That's that's not, hey, hey, that's, that's the reason I would. <laughs> that's uh, I'll be honest. That's the yeah. only reason. I mean, have you yeah. seen her on Gotham? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Derek uh, also dropped in and said, once the demons get introduced, and I can't believe I'm defending this movie, logic is gone. That's the fun world of Evil Dead. You are in an alternate reality where the mind is bended, and that's how I've always taken it. Wow. Look at Derek. I, I, have to, I, I agree. I, I, to me, it's like, 
I don't know. I don't put a lot of, like, when when you can have a smart horror film and do some really creative things. Kudos, I love it. But but I don't know. I look at horror. No offense. In a more basic way, sure. like, I don't necessarily need logic or or realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know what you're saying, and they try to be a lot more realistic with this one. But I feel like it's just a to me a fair blend of. A little bit of logic, a little bit of realism, but really just got shit craziness as well. So, <laughs> yeah, and I like. It, oh, go ahead, Ian. Well, I was going to say. I mean, I understand that, but when I'm watching, especially a horror movie, I like to think that the people who are making it aren't treating the content as completely disposable. Because it's like, well, if it's just a crazy world, nothing matters. That's going to transfer to the audience, at least on a subconscious level. So I'm like. All right, I'm just checked out because I know that this guy she can or she can just rip her arm off and just be totally okay. Whereas in a smarter film, she would have her arm ripped off and I don't know, pass out and someone else has to save her or maybe they don't even rip off the arm because as Mark has mentioned, they've already done that gag somewhere else in the movie. So, yeah, and I also don't buy that, you know, once the demons get introduced, you're in the crazy world of the evil dead. Show me that. Right? That works in the logic of Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, where they are set up as just cartoons. But when you're when you're trying to do a horror movie that speaks to the fears of everyday people, right? You have to have some kind of rules or table stakes. Otherwise, it's just, well, you know, this is not anything I'm scared of because it's not realistic to anything that I would be afraid of. If I were to encounter a demon or wander into the world of the evil dead, I'm pretty sure I'd shit myself and fall apart. <laughs> I'm not going to be, you know, running around with my arms chopped off, screaming, ah! and like, you know, walking away up the road. It's just not, you know, it doesn't I'll, matter anymore. I will say this though, Ian, with her, with her arm caught under the truck, watching it recently, I was kind of thinking, you know, the ground is soggy and, you know, it's very, you know, you could just dig a little bit. <laughs> Maybe if you dig, you won't have to lose your limb. Just dig just a little bit. So. Well, especially, and it was one of the cooler shots at the end of the film when the Mia demon does get sucked down into the ground. Yeah. To your oh, point, yeah. it's it's almost just like pudding, like the, the <laughs> grass and the mud and the body just going like right down. So I, I'm... I, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, it just do the quicksand effect. Just like drag your arm down and then scoot it out a bit and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like it was hard ground that it was under. It was pretty soggy, full of the wet blood that was raining down, uh, which I remember that was one of the big get, the big hooks that they when they were per- pushing this, right? Uh, you know, was the all the sheer volume of blood that they had, uh, you know, used in this one, the most ever or something. It was one of those where it was like, you know, they used quite a bit. And I was impressed by that. I One of the things I was happy with is at least that they left it rated R. In, in a oh. world of PG-13, they could have easily cut this down to be a PG-13 remake. And granted, you're like Evil Dead, PG-13, but... They could have, but they didn't, and and they do. They take advantage of that rated R with with the oh, the do. blood and the brutality and such that you get in this film, um, as far as what these people go through and being able to show it, 
And they do it in a, in a kind of a gritty way, uh, more so than in Evil Dead 2 as we, we do the comparisons to where, mm. yeah, it was definitely a cartoon when it goes bad and he, he cuts it. Beautiful, don't get me wrong, highly entertaining, but at the same oh, yeah. time, definitely a different tone. Uh, Mr. Derek Carey says, ah, rewatch the original Evil Dead. His entire world gets twisted once the demons are unleashed. The demons don't just possess the flesh. They are a physical threat. They corrupt the mind, making the world around them also a threat. That, I don't uh, I don't quite understand what that means, though. Like, uh, corrupting the mind, I understand. You know, twisting people's perception of reality, but that doesn't necessarily alter their abilities, giving them superhuman powers in order to fight these demons. Now, when the demons possess people, yes, they their bodies get horribly deformed and twisted. And at one point, the one guy, after the demon leaves his body, you can see the after effects of it. I think he's lying on the couch or something. He's bleeding. He's got sores and everything on him. That makes sense because he no longer has the powers that were afforded him by this thing. But you don't have Ash except in the second one and the in Army of Darkness and all that, manifesting these superhuman, you know, super healing, uh, able to withstand incredible, like, weird cartoonish physical pain, like his chin being distorted when it gets sucked down into that, that wind well or whatever, and he literally turns his head like Roadrunner <laughs> style oh to get back. God. Yeah, it's great stuff, but you don't have that in the original Evil Dead or in this right. remake because they're not cartoons. They are... Right. As much as the weird circumstances these real characters are going up against, it is based in reality, or it's supposed to be. It it's supposed to be a little bit more based in reality, absolutely. Where the demons, you know, you're. It almost felt like they were trying to give it more of the tone of the Exorcist, as far as the demonic possession of sorts. Um, you know, uh, and they were going for that part. I, and again, for me. And I think I'm with Derek on this. It's just, it was trying to separate it. The, and just as I started rewatching it, I realized just as I'm starting to get into the new version, just as I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going with it. You know, we're get, they do something that reminds me of the original. And then I'm just like, oh, I want, you know, that's where I wish this, okay, you want to do Evil Dead, that, that's fine. You want to put the Evil Dead title on it, have a few maybe send ups, but they have so many. Of the send ups in the film, that it it it's really tough for those who who you know watched it from the start when it came out, you know, to kind of separate it, and, and you're doing that callback, you know, at least it, again. And I mentioned before that it was kind of mean spirited. I shouldn't say mean spirited, as in it's trying to do more serious because it's like, oh, this was goofy, but we're gonna do the cutting arm off more serious this time, but we're still gonna do it. Um, Part of the peel with the hand being cut off was the gimmick, was the the joke, you know, the, the jokiness <laughs> of Bruce Campbell. At least it wasn't as mean spirited as say the remake to Poltergeist, which one, it was just, it literally spit in the face of the original with one of the jokes that they have in it. That if there was any type of appeal to that film, it completely lost me when they joked about it being on an Indian burial ground or whatever. Oh, at least we did bury it on a, you know, build these on an Indian burial ground. <laughs> <laughs> like a direct, like, dig at the original. At least we don't get that here. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, we're going to take the goofy stuff and try to make it serious, not realizing a lot of the parts of the, uh, uh, what made the, those parts memorable was the goofiness, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I think if you played, uh, 
off the hand being cut off by Ash being more serious, it's not nearly as memorable <laughs> as, no. you know, if you don't have Bruce Campbell doing the wonderful Stooges self-mutilation because his hand's possessed in the kitchen, smashing plates and stuff against his head. If you if you don't play it, if he doesn't play it like he plays it in Evil Dead 2, it's not as memorable in a way you know well what's weird about evil dead 2 is that Raimi played with the comedy and also the madness of it right because when his hand first gets possessed he's like wrestling with it on the ground and he's like you bastards give me back my hand and he's like <laughs> crying about it and then he starts screaming and the camera like pans out like outside you know out through the the roof of the cabin and it's kind of chilling. It's not played for laughs. It's played for like yeah. this guy is going around the bend because he's facing things that you know should not exist. Yeah, that's that's true. The way they handle it, but I mean, still, it's it. You also have though the goofiness of him smashing plates and such. But that but that that know. comes later. I mean, that's they they true. play yeah. into it, but it's it's yeah. it's like a. There are genuine horror moments peppered throughout evil dead 2 right that people kind of forget about because it's mostly a horror comedy but mm -hmm. they don't forsake the horror part just to make it you know a wacky comedy it and, and it's <laughs> and it's hilarious in our comments we have one person to uh, who i'm happy to tune in thank you very much My says buddy. i've only ever seen army of darkness which is a lot <laughs> of people and then Derek said that he said his partner has never seen Army of Darkness. I love this that we. Get that is an opportunity and a half. <laughs> that is that's going to be so much fun. And yep. uh, uh, Talix also said that scene where the coffins are popping up out of the groundwater in the first Poltergeist was awesome. It was among a lot of things, and we will not get into the debate of who directed that film. But back to the <laughs> Evil Dead remake. Um, there, there are on the rewatch. There are a lot of elements I like, but I realized again what it was about this film that didn't appeal to me was the fact of the too many throwbacks to the original. You know, I know it's a remake, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, give me something new. And there's glimpses of something new, but they keep falling back to the original concepts, you know, and I'm just like, okay, then why did you really make this you know it that's one of the things with the remakes is i when i'm watching it i'm like okay are you bringing something new to the table is there a reason why we're actually remaking this or are you just going to just give me you know rehash of the original enough to make me want to go watch the original <laughs> well, you I guys, I, I, oh, sorry, like, sorry. go ahead Dave. i feel like um Again, I adore the original, and it's so gross. It is a gross movie. I, I will not eat while watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that maybe they worry that some audiences just will not. The effects are a little dated. I think they look great, but to, to some, I, I know it's, it's no excuse to remake anything. You know, it, I think that you should watch movies of the past and appreciate the cheesy special effects uh but i feel like i don't know with, with, with the evil dead there's something i guess lacking in, in terms of to some people uh lacking in terms of like really just grit mm -hmm. 
not me. I, 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 I appreciate that movie. But I think they were just really trying to just go, I don't know the word to use, but they were just really trying to be as dark mm-hmm. as possible with the cinematography and the, the camera techniques. Just, they were trying to take advantage of all the modern magic of filmmaking to, today mm-hmm. that Evil Dead maybe lacks for some people. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to justify the movie's existence. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, you don't I just to, love you it so much. You don't have to but, justify your love at all for yeah. it, Gabe. You, but, uh, That's one thing I will say I give yeah. I give mad props for, for being a 2013 film, especially horror film. They do have an inordinate amount of practical effects that you you wouldn't expect. I mean, there's digital effects as well, but there are the practical makeup effects that they put in here and that actually uh, are are really solid and were surprising when I watched this, how much uh, practical they actually used in this film. Or if there is some CGI, it's covered fairly well. I mean, it still shows it in spots, but overall I was impressed by how much practical they tried to use with it in this film. I I think honestly that's something when I saw this in 2013 really started me off on the wrong foot is the opening not the opening shot but the opening scene involving the, Her the young lady who's fire uh, yeah. yeah that's all CGI and yeah. I'm thinking really you couldn't just <laughs> set a dummy on fire and you know shoot it from a certain angle to get that effect or if you're going to invest in that CGI, just, you know, take some more time or money or whatever you have to do. Because I'm like three minutes into this thing, I'm like, no, no. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the crappy rubber puppets, you know, I'm, I'm calling them crappy rubber puppets because Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are low-budget movies made by, you know, these Midwestern kids running around the woods and being like, how can we scare the hell out of people or make them laugh in ways that are really inventive? And now it's nothing against Fede Alvarez, but this is like a big studio. It's Ghost House Pictures and whoever else, you know, produced this thing with, you know, all the money in the world comparatively. And it kind of shows like they don't have to. It's going to sound mean, but they don't have to. They don't have to work for anything. It's they, like, yeah, we we'll just do it in CGI, whatever. They don't have to do it creatively. If it was a lower budget, you'd have a shitty dummy. Mad props to Derek. Shout out to shitty dummy. They would have set a shitty dummy on fire from the background, and then you do a cut up closely where she says, you know, well, she's going to swallow their souls or whatever. You you literally have the actress with the makeup and put a fire between the actress and the camera so it looks yeah. like flames are coming up on her. And then you take a lower budget approach on, on that. Mm-hmm. And and it's still effective. It, it's still very effective. They use that for, you know, they did that forever for, you know, alternate camera angles and that setting a dummy on fire and then putting fire up close in between the performers and making it look at least, okay, they're on fire. Um, but the CGI fire on her looks all right for 2013, but it's still, yeah, it is still CGI. You're just like, oh, they, they could have did that a number of other ways. And it's, it's tough when you have that, at least you get more practical later on in the film, but that shot right there, it, it was kind of tough with it being the it opening. It sticks out. Yeah. It so does fun. stick out. I, I well, will <laughs> admit that, uh, we watching it, I'm like, yeah, it was kind of shitty right there. <laughs> Well, especially because they do, as as you guys pointed out, so much uh, better practical effects, and and really, I, I still like the 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 knife splitting the tongue thing is about yeah. as 
Uki as the the pencil in the ankle from the original, right? Mm -hmm. They mentioned that there's a number of ways to dispose of a deadite in this movie, and one of them is dismemberment. You know, open up the movie instead of the fire. I understand it's a big, you know, spectacular way to open your movie, but have the body be dismembered. Because yeah. you can do that all oh. practical. Maybe you just have the head, like the severed head on the ground, like tormenting and taunting, kind of like you mentioned Sin City, or someone mentioned Sin yeah. City recently, um, with uh, with Elijah Wood. Yeah. Remember when he got <laughs> dismembered and it's just the head kind of like staring yes. off like in the distance, he never cried or never screamed. Yeah. yeah. You, there's ways around this stuff. There, there were ways around it. That's And I, that's the thing is there were some opportunities here as well, I think, that you could see where they were like, almost there but they they chose a different route and it would have been it would have been uh you know probably a little better and Derek carey uh, weighs in on his uh ratings if you buy folks he says evil dead four out of five uh, draculas evil dead two five out of five draculas army of darkness 4.5 out of five draculas evil dead 2013 two out of five draculas and ash versus evil dead 3.5 out of five draculas that show was great. That show was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. I only saw the first couple episodes of that, and I thought it was great. I actually have it on the mm -hmm. DVD, and I got to go back and revisit it. Because, yeah, I thought that was, that was a neat, fresh approach to this idea and these characters. Like, bring them out of the cabin in the woods and put them in the real world and have all sorts of crazy shit go on and let Bruce Campbell <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And that's, and that's what they do with the show. And... Uh, Derek said that the trailer for the new movie didn't do much for him. He hopes uh, it's okay. And yeah, I'll just hope it's okay. It looks kind of got some creepy moments. Looks like they're trying to do a lot of practical effects in there, which is now a gimmick in itself <laughs> for, <laughs> for today. And of course, Derek says, shitty dummies for life. Absolutely. And uh, that opening of this movie sucks so bad, just cut it out. And see, that's the thing. And I think that's that ultimately circling it back around to what I started this by saying is that opening scene is not really needed at all. It doesn't... It, all it does is give you some kind of reason for the wild shit happening ahead of time or give you a little bit of explanation more so of what this book is and what's going on on there. You cut that opening scene... And you find have these folks just find dead cats hanging in the basement. Far more interesting. Find a book with wrapped in, in barbed wire. You don't know what it is. I mean, the audience knows what it is, but still, you know, you suspect you know what it is. But at least it leaves a little bit more of the mystery by having that opening scene, and even them talking about, oh, well, you know. You, you killed your mother, and I was just waiting for her to say, your mother sucks cocks in hell. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> literally the way they were played that, you know, if you cut that opening scene out, at least you leave a little mystery for maybe those who haven't seen it to add a little extra unknown, which is always adds that creep factor. But by having kind of a purpose of what this book is and does, um takes a little bit of that away for for some of us at least for me i like a little bit of unknown not saying you can't yeah. have some explanation but the amount of time that we spend in the beginning with the ritual and the book and everything you piece together pretty quick what this thing is so by the time you get to the young kids getting uh possessed you already kind of know what it is you're like oh okay you, you know versus a bit of unknown to where you're like oh Oh, you know, why, why is this, you know, <laughs> have them discover it 
you know, a little bit later than giving us basically a presentation of what is, you know, you're in store for surprise me a little bit more with it. Um, or a lot you, more. You need to, <laughs> oh, no, no, I say, so I, Mark said, surprise me a little bit or a little more. And I said, or surprise me a lot more. <laughs> That's always the option, right? Yeah. Go crazy. The opening scene, you actually were from a story standpoint, it, it would have, it would have been much cooler, like you said, if it built up uh, with the mystery. So you're right, it, it it does take something away, but I'll tell you why it was in there. <laughs> if you could have been there at that <laughs> Paramount Theater, people lost their minds. Like, I'm telling you, when she's like, you fuck, and everybody's like, yeah! <laughs> and, and, and the fire is like, he shoots her head off with the shotgun, people freaking stood up like, whoa! And then it shows evil dead. Yeah. That theater lost it. The people in that theater, myself included, lost their minds. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it, it got everybody. I think it's just a modern audience thing, you know? Like, uh, I mean, look, you and I, we're not that far off in age, uh, but. I can I can kind of see the perspective of like the modern audience. Uh, I put on my old school. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I think it was just there for the hype, and it worked in that theater. I'm telling well, you. No, it it goes it goes along with what sells. In all honesty, it gave me. Yeah. I looked at movies a completely different way when one of the indie film friends of ours, uh, I forgot who mentioned it offhand told me about why when you watch a lot of indie horror films, they might start off fantastic within the first 5 to 15 minutes of the film, and then it kind of dives down till the end. And the reason is distribution and selling your movie. They said a lot of distributors will only watch the first 10 or 15 minutes of a movie because they've got uh. so many of whether or not they're going to buy the film or distribute the film. So if you start off with a solid opening like that you're going to sell your film even if the rest of it kind of fades off um and i, I looked at that in a completely different and suddenly i will see films in a whole different perspective and even though this is a bigger budget film in the same way i could see them i i could even see them shooting this opening scene as a spec trailer or a spec concept like hey we want to remake you know, the Evil Dead, they had a few schmeckles, so they put together this opening that really doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the story, but they made this, and they sell it to the producers, and the producer's like, all right, we're in, <laughs> you know? And, then, and so maybe that's why they had it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I get it for sure, you know? Can we talk about, I, I know we're going a little long, but can we talk about the music for the moment? Oh. The, the music, I, I forgot about the music, um, until I listened to it, and then I'm like, did did they just use alien music as a temp score and and <sighs> forgot to fill in some parts? Because the first half of this score is literally instrumentation, and even some of the music feels like it was ripped from Aliens. Like like I'm like, where's James mm. Horner's credit on this? <laughs> and then the second half, we get into this music, and then they work this like air horn thing into the music which 
just I'm like, what the? What are you doing? Why? Why is that there? Why? <laughs> uh, Hans Zimmer and the Dark Knight. <laughs> this is this is still in the aftermath of that. Wow. wow! Like, how can we get our own version of wow? We'll do. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 It's more like. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh. uh, but the music... Yeah, the score, the score uh, uh, it's not memorable to me, to be honest. So no, it, it's, I'll give you that. It's that, but it, the parts that did stood out that I recognized, I'm like, oh, that is that an alien score? And then I look and listen and go, no, but it it's really damn close. <laughs> so I think we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Evil Dead 2013. Uh, final thoughts. Ian, you can go first. Your final thought with Evil Dead 2013, revisiting it. Uh, I was livid when I saw it in 2013. Watching it again, I'm like, you know, I can finally kind of put this to rest. I've watched it again. It's more mildly annoying than it is enervating. <laughs> so, yeah. That, and, you know, I, I, I think 99% of the reason that I was able to make it through this movie again is Jane Levy. I think she's just a great, you know, mm -hmm. a fun actress even when she's doing a not fun part. I mean, you guys talked about like where's the uh, the Oscar for the makeup. I mean, she's she's really good in this movie. She is. Uh, yeah. She does a good freakout. She does a good possessed version of herself. She does a good like withdrawing from smack. Um, you know, put a do a movie with uh, Jane Levy and, and Mia Goth playing sisters. Oh, and mm -hmm. uh, it'll break mm -hmm. all the uh, art house records. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, have Pearl well Maxine meet up with it'd be an older Maxine meets up with the girl from Evil Dead and they pair <laughs> or, you're or, fucking onto something I love it <laughs> take notes, take notes. <laughs> uh, what about you sir uh, Gabe Mr. Stuff Burrito what is your final thought with the Evil Dead 2013 you're convincing me guys I hate this movie oh this no movie. come on no 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 <laughs> no 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 listen I've seen it quite a few times and like I said seeing it at its premiere at South by Southwest mm -hmm. was an incredible experience and for some reason watching it again you know in a standard theater watching it at home on Blu-ray the experience just sticks with me the the fun factor the nightmarish torment that these characters go through uh despite the fact that the the characters are not particularly well written i still felt bad for one in many cases uh uh jane levy is fantastic in this movie and uh she, she's kind of nice uh leaving her i'm not gonna lie she's a bit more snooty than everyone else <laughs> everyone else is really great but uh, uh i remember asking her uh what did it look like uh when you had the makeup on and you saw yourself. She's oh, it was terrifying. <laughs> I didn't recognize myself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a that's a testament to the makeup to yeah. completely transform you. And and that's what I love about it. I love the effects and the horror factor. Yes, the story it's it's lacking and you guys are absolutely right. It does uh put a little too much homage in the uh, <laughs> to the original. Uh, but to me, it just works. It works yeah. every time I watch it. Every time I, I want to just escape into something just 
vile and gross, <laughs> I get a kick out of it. And um, I think I'll be watching it for years. And to me, I also, I mean, I can't look at it as a standalone film necessarily because of how much it goes from the original, but it just feels like its own thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I I like this movie. Awesome. And, uh, and Derek Carey says, Stuffed Burrito Summary, 5 out of 5 Draculas. There you go. <laughs> 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 Nothing but love. He also said that uh, Mia Goth, you know, per, uh, Maxine and uh, Mia uh, meet up and they go into the infinity pool and replicate themselves. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, watching it again, uh, I I didn't have quite as a response as uh, what I, I think when I originally watched it. I didn't check back. I can do that now because I've been so old. Uh, I could have looked back at my review of it. I didn't. Uh, but I remember enjoying parts of it. But again, yeah, it, it's tough because there's another film that was uh, a horror remake because that's on that upswing, The Crazies. If you've ever seen The Crazies, for me, that's one of the bars for a horror remake because they managed to take the same concept of the original. And if you look at the original, it was made out of low budget. And even though it's good, it's told a lot from the perspective of like a couple rooms and a couple, you know, they're, they're, as far as visually goes, it's very kind of stunted. And they took the scope of that, still kept the same story. And outside of the last five minutes, I love the crazies and the remake because it still felt like the original. They had just enough homage scenes that were familiar enough to go, okay, but it still was on its own. And for me with this one, again, I think for me personally, I would have enjoyed it more had it not done so many callbacks to, uh, you know, so many callbacks to the original. Yeah, and Mr. Derek Carey's right. Uh, Top tier remakes for sure are The Thing, Crazies, and The Fly. Cronenberg's The Fly, for crying out loud, is definitely its own beast, yet still same concept. And I think there was opportunity here, and they did try a little bit. I think they just tried too hard to throw back to the uh it's not as bad as texas chainsaw which i bought for 50 cents so i I don't feel so bad but texas chainsaw where they touted to the fans oh we're gonna go back to the house and we're gonna have the family and we watched it we like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) who are these people why you know (laughs) so yeah but thank you gentlemen very much for this discussion now it is a perfect 10 special which means we have to go to the wheel of random. <laughs> what? The wheel of random, everybody. It is how we are going to decide what next month's Perfect Ten film is. And granted, my math is off. I actually had 13 films picked this month, so we might have to do this twice. I know. My math. You know, COVID brain still. Six months later, COVID <sighs> brain. But... Any case, we're still going to do them all because people voted on them. But here we are, the wheel of random. So uh, take bets. What what do you think it's going to land on, uh, Gabe? What do you think it's going to land on? I need my glasses. Okay. Oh, see. we go. I'll, I'll, re- I'll read them. Off. I'll read them off. We got Machete Kills, Upstream Color, Green Inferno, Only Lovers Left Alive, Carrie Remake, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, Wolf of Wall Street, Under the Skin, Only God Forgives. Stoker and Oculus. Which one do you think it'll land on? I think uh, Green Inferno 
Uh, I'm feeling Queen of Funnel. And I ask you because your Oscar picks and Tony's Oscar picks, both of you, I admire you guys how you pick them. They're, it's crazy how accurate you are with them. <laughs> so you may be right. Ian, what do you think it's going to be on? Um, Under the Skin, just because I want to see that movie again. All right. <laughs> spin, spin, spin. Let's see what it lands on. And we're all, all almost. It was almost Green Inferno. <laughs> Next month, we are doing Upstream Color, folks. Oh, boy. I have not seen this film. I remember the YouTube reviewer-verse going uh, a bit nuts over Upstream Color. Uh, so I, I am interested to see it because it will be a first-time watch for me. So, mm. uh, But there you have it, folks. Our perfect tent film for next month in March will be Upstream Color, but that color will not be green. I guarantee. So anyway, <laughs> so there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in all our wonderful live viewers. Uh, Derek, Mr. Derek Carey, as always, check out his podcast and Patreon. He's got great stuff there. Astro Radio Z, folks, phenomenal, especially his worst movies ever podcast where Ooh. he goes off on, uh, yes, there was a Birdemic 3 Uh <laughs> Take that as you will. Uh, Jonathan Lopez, Italix, uh, you know, we've got uh, all kinds of people here. Tracy, the truth. Thank you all. And uh, I may have missed you. I apologize, but for tuning in. And now this is always where I give the hashtag license to shill to my friends out there. So, Gabe, you uh, it's been a while. So you go first, sir. License to shill. The floor is yours. Whatever you want to shill, sir. Okay. So uh, I, I do my thing on Twitch. Uh, twitch.tv slash stuffburritoent uh, and uh, you can also get at me on Twitter um, stuffburritoe I, I would love to interact with everybody I love talking about movies um, you can get all my links from those two uh, sections and just anything with entertainment anything to do with entertainment I am down to talk about uh, but uh, that's why if you watch me on Twitch, I'll be gaming or sometimes I'll just be talking about films uh, and, and TV shows. Uh, that's pretty much all I, I got to say. Uh, just get at me and uh, let's chat. Awesome. Awesome. All great stuff, folks. Check it out. And if you're a gamer out there, definitely want to check out his Twitch stream. Uh, I may go back one day so I can embarrass myself because of my Fortnite play. Uh, <sighs> so when I'm not in a, a lobby full of bots, then I'm good. But humans mm. is another question. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Ian Simmons, floor is yours, sir. Well, thank you. Um, I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. Uh, also, if you go to YouTube, I'm on YouTube at Kicking the Seat. And, uh, yeah, do movie reviews and interviews and roundtables and all sorts of fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're coming into the end of February, so I feel like I've finally shaken off the end-of-the-year doldrums and, and I'm uh, getting into high gear. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun stuff over there. And, of course, I'm here every Tuesday <laughs> talking about crazy movies with uh, with Mark. So, yeah, thank you. Yes, uh, it, this is uh, next week, though, folks, just to make a note for those who may care on the live stream, that next week will be our last Tuesday show. After right. after next week, we were moving to Mondays in March because I'm old. I have to get up at 3 in the morning on Wednesdays for work. And, yeah, so <laughs> we're moving to Mondays. Same time, 
same bat channel, same time. But uh, we will be moving to Mondays so I can at least get a little sleep. But like and subscribe and all that here on the YouTube. Uh, we, we are broadcasting on Twitch. I will try to get back to gaming possibly on there sometime. But I thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you to all our listeners. We have a Patreon, if you care, as well. Special Art Productions. Just search for it there. And, yeah. And until next time, folks. Oh, but... We have next week's film, just to tease you, is Return of the Evil Dead. But it's not the type of movie you think it might be, because that's the alternate title to what it really was released as. So, until then, folks, we'll just say a good night, everyone. Good night. See ya. <laughs> Here, I'll lend you a hand. Ah! Ah! Lord.